In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today hey what's up everyone how are you ben kissel with marcus parks hi hi so exciting news we're getting some what do we call it advertising not not products not products (laughs) Uh, but we are going to get some advertising and in order to help us out it would be awesome if you could click the link uh in the description of this episode fill out a little survey so we know what we so we know what you want uh so the advertisements uh, can actually be worthwhile and not drive you completely insane and the information is confidential we don't take emails or names or anything you're not to get on any kind of weird list or anything like that. Yeah. It just helps us out. Awesome. Thank you all so much. Hail yourselves and enjoy this episode. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? If I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Yeah. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? I am Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks. Hey, Ben. How you feeling, Marcus? I'm feeling okay. That's good. Oh, my God. What a week. Yeah. You know, we got some big news to talk about regarding North Korea. Most likely the future Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. He had a meeting with Kim Jong-un over the Easter break. Uh, evidently, things went well because according to Korean television, uh, Kim Jong-un has said he's going to stop their nuclear program. We'll see if he follows through with that. We'll see if it's all talk. Who knows? Either way, he's never said this before. Not even close to said this before. And again, going back a couple of months ago, six, eight, nine months ago, everyone thought we were on the verge of nuclear war. Mm-hmm. So what a time, uh, what a difference a little bit of time makes. And of course, Mike Pompeo, uh, currently still the head of the CIA. Controversial. We'll get into that. I also want to make fun of Rand Paul because once again, uh, he just gets in his own way constantly, but he has said he will now support Mike Pompeo because Mike Pompeo said he promises him that now he's against the Iraq and Afghanistan war. So it's all good. It's great, man. It doesn't matter that that he was for it when we were doing it. It's important that he's done with it now. It's important that he's decided it's a bad idea after it was proved that it was a bad hey, idea. Hey, you know what? It was proof enough for Rand. So good for him. Sticking by his uh, sticking by his principles. I also want to talk about this horrific Toronto van attack. This Alec Manasian D-bag. For all intents and purposes, an incel. I know, Marcus, you have a lot of insight into what this incel community is all about. Very much. He killed 10 people, uh, mostly female. Uh, I don't know exactly if he was able to uh, to spot them out with his van or if that's just how the numbers worked out. I mean, this was a guy who drove a van uh, in Toronto down a sidewalk for over a mile. Mm. And then, of course, being the little weak ass that he is, he wanted to have a suicide by cop. And I will give credit to those officers unbelievable restraint yeah as soon as alec got out of the car he says kill me kill me now kill me now and he kept like doing the pretend holstering and unholstering of the weapon which was just his cell phone yeah it was it was so dumb in this country he would have been shot 35 times oh 135 but in canada one of the uh better things about canada is they do have a little bit more police restraint Mm -hmm. as soon as the officer heard him say kill me kill me now he put his gun down Yeah. Uh, As a matter of fact, and realized, oh, this dude wants a suicide by cop to theoretically be a martyr on par with his hero, Elliot Roger. I mean, 
Can you imagine watching Elliot Roger YouTube videos and being like, "That's the guy. That's that's my Messiah. That's my Osho yeah. from uh, from a Wild Wild Country. Uh, I mean, from the Renishis. It's like it's totally ridiculous. You think Elliot Roger is well? El- Elliot Roger is horrible. Yeah. And then obviously his minions are even uh, worse and even more pathetic. I don't know if you can be more pathetic uh, than Elliot Roger, but I'm sure they'll find a way. You can be. I mean, it, it all rolls down from there. I mean, the way these guys have so casually put forth Elliot Roger as uh, a hero, as a, a martyr to their cause and the way they've done it for years, because I've been really like, you know, following this incel community because it, it's fascinating. Yep. Uh, but the way they, they very, ca- because the whole Chad and Stacy thing. Uh, where What's the Chad and Stacy thing. Guys that who are sexually active are Chads, and Ugh. girls who are sexually active are Stacys, and that's become a part of the incel language. Uh, and that was something that was coined by Elliot Roger. I mean, oh, Elliot, okay. all of this it has its roots in Elliot Roger. Like the horrible thing is that he did actually start something without Elliot Roger to rally around. Uh, there wouldn't necessarily. I don't think there would necessarily be an incel movement, or at least an incel movement wow. uh, in the way that it. Exists today. So the supreme gentleman got his wish yeah. in a strange post-mortem way. I also want to talk a little bit about Senator uh, Bernie Sanders. He's announced a proposal promising jobs to all Americans, talking about a $15 per hour wage. And I want to talk about this uh, in the context of small businesses versus huge corporations. Mm-hmm. Huge corporations can afford a $15 minimum wage. A bakery might not be able to do so. That's why we're seeing a lot of jobs and a lot of small businesses going away here in New York City. If you walk by uh, Bedford Avenue here, for example, in Williamsburg, a lot of places shutting the doors. Oh, I was talking That has with, nothing to do with the minimum wage. That has well, everything to do with rent. Uh, no, it doesn't. Rent's actually going down. Uh, I was talking to my friend Madeline, who is uh, big in the bakery game, mm. and now porters are paid $13, so therefore dishwashers want to be paid $15 and so on and so forth. They just don't have the overhead to handle it. Okay. And these huge corporations are going to be swooping in uh, and just owning everything. And that's one of the interesting angles about this. When we talk about the $15 minimum wage, why is Governor Cuomo for it? Who's who? Get, he gets money from these huge corporations, and they know for a fact they can foot the bill and they can handle the overhead because they're Products are going to go up a penny, and uh, they're not going to see. It's going to be a rounding error for them. But for an individual business that has 15 employees, all of a sudden it, they've doubled, tripled uh, what they have to pay their uh, employees. They just won't be able to do it, and they're going to have to sell and uh, and go elsewhere. Which is why we're losing a million people a year to what is called the brain drain here in New York. I mean, what what's the solution though? I, well, I, mean, I believe that. Well, and we, we should get into that because I believe if your company has a certain amount of uh, revenue, if you make a billion dollars a year. Uh, and it looks and, and you you buy in a certain amount of bulk and you're able to uh, uh, figure out what uh, how much would your products have to go up in price in order to finance to facilitate raising uh, the minimum wage for your workers. I think all of that has to be taken into account. I mean, Walmart, they've been bragging about how they were on the front lines nationally of raising it to like eleven dollars. It's nothing for them. No. They can do whatever they want. Target all of these huge corporations that are just taking over our country are going to be totally fine. And I think that's one of the secret, at the very least, something that's not exposed very often, uh, situations occurring. These huge corporations, they don't really care raising the minimum wage. Mm -hmm. They can handle it. Walmart now, it's the number one employer in the country, which is so sad. Mm -hmm. They just push all the prices down. So, uh, you know, you go to Walmart and no one else can compete because you want to, you got 39 cent macaroni and cheese versus a dollar macaroni and cheese at your local convenience store. Every, it's just a race to the bottom, and they're making so much money. It's interesting. I haven't thought of it that way. Where the the uh, I guess uh, the freedoms of a fifteen dollar minimum wage are kind of a back door to more control. Exactly. That's the problem. So, I, but at the Jeez. same time, I do understand uh, we do need uh, employees to be making a living wage. Mm-hmm. I just think it has to be uh, on par with how much the small business, whatever they are making. Uh, and we, I mean, it was similar to the conversation we had with the owner of the Creek in the Cave back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just devastating. And then these people are just having their hours cut, so they have to work multiple jobs. A lot of unintended consequences here that aren't being discussed because everyone hears $15 minimum wage and it sounds really good and it sounds great. But they're, the, the employees 
We, the people, we always get the short end of the stick. Never forget that. So if they have to cut costs, similar with what happened with Obamacare with the uh, 50 and over, it's like they just started. You will always get screwed. Mm. So they say, okay, well, we can't have 50 full-time employees. We have 100 half-time employees, which is why more people are working more than one job than ever before. Some people have three or four jobs, which also plays into the falsehoods of our unemployment numbers because you can say look at all these people working meanwhile they can't make ends meet and they're living uh you know like the family of roseanne well the theory of uh raising a minimum wage and i think it's somewhat ironic that this theory is out because it shares a lot with trickle-down economics Mm -hmm. is that if you raise the minimum wage in a community then that money goes back into the community and so therefore the money that they're paying these people they're paying them more money so those people will theoretically come and spend their money at these businesses but as we see what's happened here in brooklyn uh, for example, all these huge high rises being built, they're just bought by large firms. Oh, they're never course. filled. I mean, and so they're raising the property values. They're raising the value of every all the goods have to increase. But those big billionaires, those multimillionaires, those magical people <laughs> that we have in our heads that we all want to be. They're not here. No. They're only here for maybe a couple of months. But on the other hand, you know, we can't necessarily look at Brooklyn and New York City as uh, an example for what's happening in the rest of the country. No, that's true, but the rest of the country is Walmart country. Yeah. The rest of the country, we've already lost. The one thing about New York that I don't think is overstated enough is uh, how much small business is here. Yeah. It's a bastion of small business. And I've just, you know, uh, just that little campaigning I did last year, and just when I talk to business owners here, bar owners, mostly bar owners, let's be honest, <laughs> and some restaurant owners and some barbecue owners. For example, Mabel's. I spoke with the uh, with the owner of Mabel's, um, the great, great barbecue place here in Brooklyn. Henry will say it's not as good as Texas barbecue, but as I said on yesterday's live stream, you don't go to Texas for live theater and be like, (laughs) well, it's not as good as Broadway. Nothing is as good as Texas barbecue or Kansas City barbecue. Hey, you know what, man? I'm going to say that Mabel's, while it may not be on par with the best barbecue in all of Texas, it is on par with good barbecue in Texas. And you know what? I grew up fucking eight hours away from Austin. I'm not driving all the way to Austin for good barbecue. I'm going to fucking Dickie's. Going to Dickies, <laughs> most Texan thing you've said all day, <laughs> which is good. And so that's the, that's the problem. They just uh, it's so expensive, and there is just so much red tape. There's so much bureaucracy around them running a business. And I just think it's a uh, it's a dangerous sign when we see businesses that are full. We see businesses, uh, restaurants that are full with good food, good service, and they can't make ends meet. That's a problem with their situation. Mm-hmm. That's a problem with the government. Well, uh, and and not th- a problem with them. They should be able to thrive. They very much should be. And, and I think it's it's and there's a lot more to it than just, you know, raising the minimum wage as to there, why oh, they can't. It's, oh, you it's know, there, there are so I mean, there are so many different ways oh that God. a bar or a restaurant or a small business or anything can fail in New York City. It's, oh, it's, 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 it's so amazingly hard. Like one t- simple fuck up can uh, close your business forever. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um. I guess we can get into that more. Also, I just feel like we had a really nice conversation about that up top as well. So maybe we won't revisit that. Maybe we will. But I also want to talk about something near and dear to my heart. Uh, (laughs) The WWE. Uh They're going over to Saudi Arabia for the greatest Royal Rumble. I don't know if Saudi Arabia heard that we already have a Royal Rumble here. We've had many over the years. Uh, Yes, many, many. (laughs) Uh, King Abdullah, he's in charge over there now. He calls himself a reformer. 60 Minutes did a piece on him. And it was a total fluff piece and they're talking about how he's making great strides for women's rights great strides uh for gay no no strides for gay rights none (laughs) they didn't even entertain that idea no uh but for women's rights and it's just not true uh following that 60 minutes interview they were rolling the credits and they showed a scene of one of their producers being forced by these religious police basically just basically just the rednecks from the movie Black Sheep. That's what they are. The ones who shove a a fire hose up David Spade's butt. Mm -hmm. They're just local yokels, not official. They're not official with the government. They just roll around and yell at women and tell them what to put on and tell them that they're not wearing their, uh, you know, um, hijab right, whatever it might be. So there was a scene of that happening to this producer after this fluff piece with this guy. He's handsome. He's young. I get it. But it is uh, totally asinine to pretend as if he is really making any 
real strides for social change. I, I just don't buy it one bit. So going back to the WWE, they're doing this big Royal Rumble match over there. The women's division has been absolutely crushing it. I thought the women's division in the Royal Rumble uh, was a better Royal Rumble. It headlined Royal Rumble this past or this year. I mean, mm-hmm. first time ever that's that's happened. So Asuka won it. It was awesome. Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Asuka at WrestleMania with maybe match of the night. They won't be allowed to wrestle in Saudi Arabia. And I think that's a really big slap in the face to how much work they've put in. And it's like, I get it. They're probably going to get around $400 million bucks from the Saudi government. They have $646 billion or, or trillion dollars. It's a huge economy. Um, UFC got $400 million as well. Of course, there are quite a few UFC female fighters also. And then going back to the WWE, we had this big unveiling of Ronda Rousey. I just feel like it's a slap in the face to those women who are working so hard. Uh, to be seen as peers and then just get the rug uh, pulled out from underneath them because they went to a country that is bigoted, uh, sexist, and really just one of the worst human rights violators in the world. Well, I think it's a baby steps type of thing. But because, what's the baby I mean, step? The baby step is getting Western culture into Saudi Arabia. Because you think the, we're going to start with WWE? That would be amazing. It is a start. Hey, I, right. I, it is absolutely a start because you don't... That's how you win people over. You win them over with culture. You win them over with entertainment, with yeah. music. I mean, that's part of the reason why... Like, if America didn't wasn't the exporter of the best music, movies comic books right everything like if we weren't the best at entertainment then people would not give us as much leeway as they do people forgive a lot of shit that america does because of our entertainment yeah that's very true and i think as soon as they get the jinkos in the mail they say (laughs) we'll forget about the bombing i love the pockets look at what i can put lighters in here and and other kinds of lighters and maybe a bowl i hate that my brother is dead but have you heard three dollar bills y'all oh my god i do love that (laughs) Old school Limp Bizkit. It seems like everything is getting more convenient these days. So why shouldn't our mail? Stamps.com is the most convenient mail service there is. Go to Stamps.com, type in Top Hat, and get a four-week trial. Free! We spend a lot of time mailing things out here uh, from the last podcast network. We've used Stamps.com in the past, and I gotta say, rave reviews all around. It's safe, it's fun, it's affordable. You got a bunch of shirts you got to ship out to a bunch of awesome listeners? Hey, stamps.com, that's the thing to use. Why not? Maybe you want to send your favorite podcasters a bunch of beef jerky. Hmm, I wonder what stamps you should use. Perhaps you should go to stamps.com, type in Top Hat, and get a four-week trial. Speaking of mail, again, beef jerky, also t-shirts. Feel free to send them my way. Send me everything. Just go to stamps.com, type in Top Hat, and get a four-week trial. Yeah, uh, but I think I think that's that's a, a very important thing, and I also, and think I also a, don't yeah. think we should overstep because you can't. I mean, Saudi Arabia is is very much giving like trying to do baby steps into giving women more rights, into giving more, into giving women more freedoms. It is actual. It is baby steps. It is happening. You know, they're allowing them. To, uh, I, and I know, as shitty as this sounds, they're allowing them to drive. It's small things. But still, they have to be accompanied by a man. But it's still a baby and, step. It's <laughs> still. It's still uh, because that's that's what I don't get is that I people know. say. All this shit about, you know, the the Middle East and, you know, the Middle East treats women terribly. But then when they do actually start to make changes, people are like, well, it's not good enough. It's like, well, give them time. Well, you know, it's like you can't. I'm going to be that person you referenced. I don't think it's good enough because Uh, if you're taking an American company and you want to have that American company over there, I I just feel like our I I think it was it was an opportunity for the WWE. And maybe you compromise. I don't know. Nia Jax, for example, is fully covered. Yeah. Her outfit is like Gorilla Monsoons. They're not Gorilla Monsoons. Uh, what was the name of the, uh, the... It's not the giant. Maybe it was the giant. The guy who wore the hairy suit. Do you uh, remember oh, the super yeah, tall yeah, guy yeah. with the hairy suit? Gomez? Gonzalo? Like, Gonzalez. Gonzalez. I think it was the yeah. giant Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, the giant worst Gonzalez. suit ever. But she's as covered as that. Um, and I understand... Yes, I understand cultural norms, but I also don't like the idea of bending to the will of... Uh, of King Abdullah because he's going to give them 400 million bucks. And uh, I don't know. I just think it's a real slap in the face to uh, to the gals who have worked their butts off uh, to make that division something worth watching. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely ingre- greed involved here. I don't think the Vince oh, sure. McMahon is doing this uh, in order to further Western culture. Really? Uh, <laughs> you don't? You think greed might be in the heart of Mr. McMahon? <laughs> Maybe. Quite poor. 
Possibly. Oh, my yes. goodness. Uh, but I do think that these sorts of things are important, and I think that baby steps are important. You can't change entrenched thousands-year-old systems mm. overnight. That's revolution. That's it worked a, in Iraq when we did it. That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> that, that, you know, like it didn't work in Iraq where suddenly we're overturning thousands of years of uh, tradition and what people are doing and saying like, oh no, you're a democracy now. What, what you've been doing? Fuck that. You're a democracy now. I don't care if it doesn't work Although for Saudi you. Saudi Arabia is pretty new. So, pretty, there was just some local yokels who, uh, I've said yokel locals twice now. You no, have three now. Times. You have now, yes. What, what Saman but called I'm, it just the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> they literally, uh, the king's family just struck gold. They're like, we'll stay. <laughs> With any luck, this is worth something. Well, I'm not necessarily talking about old governments, and we're talking about cultural norms. You know, right. like these these sorts of things cannot happen overnight. You try, you try to make them happen, people are going to react violently like they have. Like they've been doing. Well, you know what? Your idol Iggy Pop made it happen. He did? The Stooges were very volatile when they first <laughs> came out. I learned that yesterday on the last stream. So that's just my little... I'm, I'm just a oh, little bit disappointed because although it, uh, oh, it would have been nice if they could have stood up for our values. Although that's it all. also... But it also must be said that, you know, before you know, 1977, Afghanistan... Or the mid-1970s, Afghanistan was a groovy fucking place. Like super, like it was very groovy. It was you very modernized. You can go back in time, and Iran yeah, you, is the exact same way. Yeah, the Iran was, it, was the exact same way. I mean, these places are, have been groovy in the past, yeah. but you've got to. It's a slow walk back. You and that's can't, always, you can't bring it all back because when you try to bring it back all at once, the people who don't like it will murder you. That's a great point, and that's always something we need to remember in our country as well. You can always go back. You can always regress. Yes, and, always. Uh, in some ways, perhaps. Uh, we've done that specifically. If you go and revisit what happened in Charlottesville, I just watched the uh, the um, National Geographic thing with Katie Couric, who she's very she's in Charlottesville, but she's very far away. <laughs> There's a lot of her just like staring, almost from like a mountaintop, being like, "That looks bad." I'm like, "Get down there, be a reporter." Uh, but of course, she didn't do that. But if you get a chance to watch the Charlottesville thing on National Geographic. It is so disheartening and so brutal. Yeah. What a bunch of maniacs. Uh, and again, that was really the defining moment, in my opinion, of Trump's presidency. Uh, good people on both sides. Of course, there were no good people on one side. That is for sure. And maybe some bad people, maybe some good people on one. I would say maybe the uh, people who are against them, maybe I could say there's some good people and some bad people. Yeah. But I know for a fact there's one group that's all bad, <laughs> and that would be the Nazis. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go on here. I want to talk about this Toronto van attack. And then we'll get to North Korea. Um, so this guy, again, Alec Manasian, killed 10 people. Uh, this, in my opinion, and I know, Marcus, we talked about this on the phone. I think that this makes incel a terrorist group. But that's I the think, thing. I incel think isn't El a group. No, but how aren't – I think Elliot Roger is their, is their little deity – and I think as they are now officially officially a group because uh, they form the exact same way, they communicate the exact same way, organize the exact same way that ISIS does, uh, or uh, you know they just basically all started on these Reddit subreddits um, and they organize that way. I'm fairly certain they have their little get-togethers. I don't know what they talk about, but I do know for a fact they drink a lot of soda and don't <laughs> tip the wait staff. And every time they come in, people are super pissed off. Uh -huh. um, but I, I see them now as a terrorist group because this 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 attack this is shades of the London Bridge attack. This is Nice. This is what the attack uh, over Halloween here in New York City last year. Mm -hmm. This is the truck attack that terrorists have been using. I or think the van attack. I think to give them the word terrorist, to give them the title terrorist, is exactly what they want. You're giving them exactly the recognition. You think so? That is exactly what they There's want. There's a lot more scrutiny when you're branded a terrorist group <laughs> than when you're just branded the get the get together boys. Oh no, I've been checking out their uh, their boards for the last few days, and even the boards. Uh, up to this point yeah i mean these are guys that are uh they're calling for acid attacks uh because they say acid attacks will ruin a person more than killing them Jeez. acid attacks on beautiful women uh rape mass rapes like Jeez. they're calling for serial rapists uh to come out because they believe that will you know destroy a woman as well okay uh some of them are calling for both Rape her and give her an so acid attack. So why not? So what's why? You know, why the hesitation with calling them terrorists? I mean, this because is, they're not. I, 
see, it's, I don't know, you know, because I don't want to call them terrorists, like, because that gives them something, that gives them power, like, and it gives them a power that I don't want to give them. Well, it also gives them a hell of a lot more jail time. Yeah. You know, and if they are... I mean, come on, if if we're not calling people like Dylan Roof terrorists, then we're not going to call incels terrorists. But Dylan Roof, I mean, he was a lone actor, and uh, obviously he caused a lot of terror. So is this guy, you know, these these guys... But he's attached to this group, and he says, all hail the supreme supreme gentleman, Elliot Roger on his Facebook page. Of course, but just because you all not necessarily worship the same deity, but because you all belong to the same subreddit does not necessarily mean that you're not just talking. You know, like these, I think to call them a terrorist group, that implies that there's very real coordination going on here. That implies that they are well, making you know actual more. full coordination. I mean, these guys are calling for awful shit, but they're also just talking but at the, the same time. But then, of course, when it turns to action, how do you know? And this is the difficult thing. This you is know, the difficult is, thing. Where does it, the FBI or the CIA, when does it turn from rhetoric uh, and infringement on First Amendment rights? Of course, this is in Canada, so they don't really have a First Amendment, certainly not in the way that we do. Uh, and for that, they're very sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if I hear the word sorry one more time. Um, but... That's the difficult thing with the FBI, the CIA. When does it turn from infringing on uh, a person's rights to stopping someone from committing an act of violence? Well, now these people, if you, if you call them terrorists, they call themselves freedom fighters. Uh, and freedom from what? From their own. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't. They're very. They're very difficult to understand. They've all. They've come into these groups, and it turns into an echo chamber. Uh, where right? This oh, is, definitely that. It's a. It's a, among the biggest echo chambers on the internet. Uh, where it turns. It they turn this into their complete and total reality. This is uh, their whole personality. They uh, love being called terrorists. They, I mean, terror is what they want. They want terror mm. so badly. They want terror more than anything. And to call them terrorists, I think, is to invite more violence. You know, it's interesting. You're sort of taking that line of when Obama started calling ISIS Daesh. And they're yeah. like, "That's I don't want to call them ISIS. That's what they want to be called. And I, and I do understand that. But then they walk like a duck. They, they talk like a duck. I... I just think they are a duck, but then also a duck that has a suicide vest on it because that duck is a terrorist. (laughs) (laughs) Terrorist duck, the new animated series coming to Adult Swim. Well, I I really, I I think to call them terrorists is to give them what they want. And it's not necessarily, uh, you know, I say I don't want to call them uh, terrorists because that gives them too much power. That is definitely a want thing, but it's also, it's not necessarily a petty thing. Like, I think to call them terrorists emboldens them, uh, and I think it encourages them. How are you, them how do to we go out and do more. It's just so, uh, so because now they can be a ter- now they can be a terrorist. Now they can be a freedom fighter. Now they can say that they're rising even, up against the Chads and Stacys of oh, the world. I God, mean, I hate their. And of course, they. There's a great book that Marcus has recommended to my girlfriend. Uh, she might be working on an article about this. Uh, Kill all normies. It's fantastic. Because right? yeah. they call everyone who has sex a normie. No, that's oversimplifying. Uh, is that it? What is it? Well, uh, okay. Here's how it goes. Here's here's the hierarchies. Oh, there's okay. The, there's the the Chads and the Stacys up top. Like okay. those are the people that get laid all the time. Okay. The normies are the people in the middle. Oh, okay. Like, those so are, we're normies. Well, I mean, actually, they would probably put us as Chads. Really? Yeah. I want to be a Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, because uh, and then there's the normies in the middle. Uh, and then at the bottom, those are the incels, and even the incels have hierarchies. Oh, like there's gosh, even there's so like weird. the incel, there's the true cell. Uh, oh, what's the true? What's a true cell? True, true cell is uh, completely and totally isolated from every, everybody and everything. Incel can still have friends, you know, and okay. family, but like a true cell is someone who is like the, your basement dwellers, okay. the people who don't have jobs. So it seems like just reading from the description here, there are some interviews with the buddy, of, I guess, a friend or an acquaintance. Alec Manasian's acquaintance, they say he was very isolated. He was socially awkward. Uh, he never really left. Uh, his father, Vey Manasian, just simply said, I'm sorry. That's literally <laughs> the quote. He just apologized. Well, I mean, um, it was maybe what? checking on your kid every now. I'm not blaming the father here, but, you know, yeah. you know, I mean, when your guy, kid's a little messed up. The guy was 25. You know, I mean, his you, you know, the parents can't keep no, an eye I on know, a fucking dude forever. You I know. know. Uh, but, you know, I, I think. uh <sighs> I mean, I, I just think that calling them a terrorist group is going a little too far. Right. I, I, I think it's I think it's being a little uh, alarmist. 
Uh, I and think I think it's time to ding ding the alarm. These guys. I mean, just judging from just you know just the fact that it's even it, people who write about them. I know they get a lot of attack, mm-hmm. and that you know I know there are some things that yeah. we don't we won't cover on last podcast as well. Um, but I feel like that that's a sign if they if people yeah. are so scared of them, uh, not scared physically necessarily, but. Uh, what if they hack into your uh, web, your WordPress? Or, people, I don't know. They're people with a lot of time on their hands. Exactly, because and a lot of loneliness. Yeah, it's a lot of loneliness, a lot of time on their hands. I mean, and that's a that's a big part of it. We're like, yeah, well, no girl wants me. I don't have a job. You know, I, I'm ugly. I'm fat. It's like, well, those are all things you can. Yeah. But that's the thing is that talking to them is ridiculous like talking to them i've seen conversations online of people that have genuinely tried, tried to engage, to, to engage yeah. and reach out and it's a fucking it's a brick wall conversation i believe and that. it's circular you know like it, it's like the the snake eating its own tail yeah because it, it's all it all comes back around to the same thing every time yeah it's like the uh uh libertarian don't tread on me flag but it says why won't you tread on me <laughs> flag uh manasian actually he did proclaim to marcus's point on a facebook rant he proclaimed we will overthrow all the chads and stacy's so mm. new terms coming up every day from these uh from these internet sites uh or from these internet groups and i i you know i wouldn't want to be an fbi or a cia analyst right now because first of all these dudes and women tend to be a little bit older mm-hmm. this is a relatively new phenomenon what do you think six seven eight years uh somewhere around there yeah um so they're like what well the term incel what? has been around forever oh that's been around for yeah, a while but these guys they incorporated incel okay. uh recently uh but there is also and but you know there's a, a huge there's a gigantic Venn diagram between incels and the alt-right. Yeah. Uh, the incels are very, very much an alt-right group. Interesting. Uh, yeah. It seems like the and a lot right. of incels really love Trump because, you know, the, but, he, the, but he's a Chad. <laughs> Isn't Trump a Chad? Aren't, aren't all of these scandals evidence that he's a Chad? Yeah, but no. But why? <laughs> why, you incel? I just, see, this is why so, okay, I wish so I then, could just. So you're telling me that the alt-right is full of contradictions nah. when it comes to Donald Trump? No. They love freedom as <laughs> long as it's the ones. Are you telling me that Trump supporters, no matter uh, what their stripe, turned a blind eye to the things that don't agree with their own personal beliefs? Um, sometimes I just wish I could change places with Suge Knight when he was holding vanilla ice out the window. By his feet, but then replaced van- vanilla ice with whoever I hated that day. <laughs> and it would, at this point, it would just be any random incel. Uh, what a bunch of, uh, I want to say nerds, but unfortunately, this man's a mass murderer. Uh, jerk uh, that, that I've been thinking about what word I would rather use than terrorist, and the word I would rather use is jerk off. Well, that's what they do, right? That's yeah. the only, if they even do, do they even touch themselves? Quite or do a they bit. Pry the, Quite okay. a bit. Yeah. Well, sometimes they'll go through like Ugh. no fap. Uh, they the call no, it no fap. Yeah, they, yeah, they oh, do that. God. Sometimes for like a month, and then they'll go on 4chan and talk about how much shit how they got done, it? and then they'll you know come and then they'll take a picture of it and put it on 4chan. Oh God. Yeah. Nothing more masculine than never even looking at a woman. <laughs> I'm all man. It's like cowboys on the range. No, it's it's Good really Lord. it's really fascinating stuff. But you know, and it's it's hard to really classify something as a something like this as as a terrorist group because you know I've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah. About how this because I've been you know following 4chan and shit like that since like 2006. You know, yep. and like really looking at this shit and really seeing it change over the years. Yeah. Uh, into something uh, truly toxic. Absolutely like, so insane. It, yeah, I mean th- mm. a lot of this shit. You know, like you know, you didn't have 4chan, you probably wouldn't have the alt right. Right. You know, you probably wouldn't have. There's a lot of things that, and you know, and I've I can said it before is that you didn't have 4chan, you might not have Donald Trump. Like, Very possible. A, yeah, 4chan is I think going to go down. In, uh, I think it's going to, like, in the future, I think people are going to look at 4chan of uh, the secret mover of, uh, mm. of this decade. Yeah. Uh, and that is uh, a ridiculous and idiotic thing to say, but, you know, these are the times we're living in. All right, point, counterpoint. I'm calling him terrorist. Marcus is not terrorist. We will see. <laughs> I'm calling him jerk off. Jer- <laughs> jerk off or- versus terrorist. <laughs> All right. Or if you're British, a wanker. All right, there we go. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Uh, and again, uh, hearts out to uh, yeah, it was uh, absolutely horrific there in Toronto. Um, 
Let's move on to North Korea. Mm-hmm. Big stuff happening in North Korea. A lot on the line here. Kim Jong-un, this is the most, the hermit kingdom. It's starting to open up its little shell <laughs> ever so. <laughs> and we're starting to see a little bit more of the inner workings of North Korea. There's a lot on the line here for Kim Jong-un. He's meeting with the South Korean uh, president here later on this month. He met with Xi Jinping over in China taking that really bizarre mystery ghost train that he took to get there. It was kind of cool, actually. And we have to wonder what all this will look like for North Korea in the future. Kim Jong-un, he wants to live to an old age. He wants to be uh, the leader for life. The thing that he, uh, the predicament that he is in is... How open can he make his society before his people revolt after they realize how bad they've had it for so long? They know they have it bad, Mm -hmm. but I don't think they realize how bad they have it. Uh, generational slavery, generational imprisonment. If a grandfather did something against his grandfather, his grandson isn't in charge. His grandson is still in prison today, born born in prison there. That's the North Korean policy. So the question for Kim Jong-un is, how open can he be and still maintain power? And that's a really tricky position for him to be in. I know his people are starved, but they start to get a little bread. They start to get a little meat. They start to get a little sustenance. Next thing you know, they start to get a little education. They start to realize more more and more and more how they've been completely hoodwinked, lied to, uh, enslaved by the Kim regime. It's it's the recipe for a mutiny. It's the recipe for a revolt. And that's one of the things that he, that's the tricky tightrope that Kim Jong-un is walking right now when it comes to wanting to open relationships up with the West, uh, be, bring North Korea into the 21st century. But then again, that's the problem. How do you keep your people still sheltered, still only committed to state TV, and also uh, bring in something like pro wrestling or <laughs> something like uh, you know a tombstone pizza? How do you do that without um, having your people realize how bad they've had it? Because I'll tell you, the first chain restaurant they get, I mean, it's going to be crazy. That's that's your that is your definition of Western society. Yes. Is what is your wrestling defi- and tombstone pizza? Yes, I think that that's a fair. I actually think I th- let's take a poll. Tweet at me at Ben Kissel. I think that's a fair assessment of Western society. Yes, absolutely. Maybe yeah yeah no that's it. That's basically it. And an Applebee's, of course, and uh-huh. uh, our our. Fun foods, mm-hmm. you know, the way that we can stuff cheese into everything. That's another great export that we have. I used to hate shaving, but that was before I discovered the Dollar Shave Club. The Dollar Shave Club delivers you everything you need to look, smell, and feel your best. It's got shampoo, body wash, and even toothpaste. The true hero of the morning routine is their Dr. Carver Shave Butter. It helps the razor gently glide across your skin. Who doesn't want to be covered? in shave butter for a mind-blowing experience join dollar shave club today and for just five bucks with free shipping you'll get the six blade executive razor plus trial sizes of shave butter body cleanser and one wipe charlie's then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash top hat that's it. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash top hat. So uh, it's absolutely fascinating right now what's happening with Mike Pompeo, not even the Secretary of State yet. And again, politics aside here when it comes to his very hawkish resume, of course, head of the CIA there, um, not against some of the torture techniques that were used at Abu Ghraib. He's going to be replaced by uh, this woman, um, Haspel, I believe is her name, who really was in charge of some of these torture techniques. She's going to be taking over his place uh, in the CIA. Evidently, according to Rand Paul, the sage of the Senate, um, (laughs) Mike Pompeo has changed his mind on some of his past policies. So Rand Paul has said he will support him. He is getting some support from senators who are in uh, states that went heavily to Trump, such as Joe Manchin, of course, out of West Virginia. There is a... uh, uh, the woman out of North Dakota. What is her name, Marcus? Can you Google North Dakota senator? I'm forgetting her name. Um, so he is getting some support from Democrats who are in states that heavily went for Donald Trump in order to sort of 
make sure that they can then be reelected. So it looks like he will end up getting confirmed at the end of the day. Heidi Heitkamp. Heidi Heitkamp. So she will be supporting him and a couple of other Democrats as well will cross the aisle and support him. And then other than uh, Rand Paul, I believe, uh, most Republicans, if not all, uh, will be supporting him. Of course, John McCain, he still won't, will, won't be there to vote because uh, I believe he's uh, still in the hospital at this point, and I guess he's going to go out as a as a senator. It's a little bit strange that he. That I guess you just you just don't vote. You just yeah. don't have you just don't have a full Senate there, uh, which seems to mess with the uh, with the power with the power structure a little bit and how it's set up. But nonetheless, so North Korea, we have Mike Pompeo. Uh, before he's even Secretary of State, already doing more than any Secretary of State in history when it comes to meeting with Kim Jong-un, first time any U.S. official at that level has met with with the leader of North Korea, and getting Kim Jong-un to say on state TV that they're going to stop their nuclear program. And again, say what you want about the guy. I have no idea what that meeting looked like. I have no clue uh, what words were exchanged, but... Something seemed to work, and something seemed to be effective. Well, I, I think it's somewhat presumptuous, uh, presumptuous of us to assume that America are the only people that had a hand in this. Oh, absolutely or that had not. a say in yeah, this. Of that, course, you know, of course. And, you know, and a lot of people are saying that you know, uh, China had a hell of a lot more to do with them coming to the table than we ever did. Oh, I'm sure they did. Because China's sick of playing big brother to them. China keeps that. They keep looking at how many times North Korea hurts them and how big of a pain in the ass they are. And I think China probably went to North Korea and said, get your shit together. We're not doing this anymore. It's very possible. And, of course, Kim Jong-un is there for life. Xi Jinping is there for life when it comes to the U.S., you know, that's why you make all these deals like such as like the Iran deal and all these things. And if you're a foreign government, specifically a government that has a dictatorship or a theocracy in place, you kind of just wait it out. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you. I think the Chinese have a, an immense amount of influence on North Korea. And I think the Chinese see, uh, you know, where the winds are blowing, where the tides are going. And they realize just with technology, how it's um, just how abundant it is now. It's going to be impossible yeah. to continue keeping the North Korean people in the dark to the degree that they have kept them in the dark. So now the question is, again, as I was saying earlier, how do you slowly turn on the lights? Mm-hmm. You know, do you you, you got to turn on the uh, turn on the lights? Do you have to clean up a little bit as you're doing it? So when people when the lights are fully on, people don't realize. Uh, just what a horrible situation uh, they've been in. But I think, regardless uh, what the role that the Chinese played, and again, I, I agree with you, a huge role. This is very, it's a good credentials for Pompeo to be going into when it comes to his uh, confirmation hearings. Yeah, and nothing's set. Just yet, like all of us. No, nothing at, is set. At any moment, the North Koreans can oh, say absolutely. that they lied, that we lied to them, or somebody lied to them, and they turn it all around and turn it again to their. Because this is this is yes, the closest that North Korea has ever come to talks. Yes, but they have a long history of rubber banding back and forth when oh, it comes to this shit. Absolutely, and I mean decades long. You know, uh, absolutely true. Uh, when it comes to. Um, U.S. past policies, it sort of allowed for that kind of behavior a lot a lot easier when it mm-hmm. comes to, like, strategic patience and things like that. We were pretty hands-off on North Korea. We just let China actually handle them. And, of course, China has a vested interest in making sure that North Korea stays relevant because they want to have a buffer between South Korea and China. North Korea really is uh, that buffer. I mean, if there was ever a war between the U.S. and China, it would take place in Korea, South and North Korea. Yeah. Uh, that's happened before. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so yes, China has a vested interest in making sure that the North Korean economy doesn't completely collapse. Right now, uh, North Korea is spending 35% of their GDP on their nuclear program. As every single piece of history has shown, that leads to an economic disaster. Just ask what's happening in Iran right now. The people of Iran, of course, finally seeing folks in the rural area super upset with the Ayatollah because they're hungry. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now you got the more educated urban folks uh, who are upset with the regime. And now you have the rural folks who are upset with the regime for the simplest reason on earth, they want food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think we're ste- starting to see that um, anger and resentment build up more and more within the North Korean people. I think China recognizes that as well. So they see it's a win-win for them to halt their nuclear program, save money, give it back to their people, and slowly again uh, turn on the lights and have them see uh, have them see the world and have them be introduced uh, to the world 
in a way that they have not been in uh, generations. Mm-hmm. So fascinating accomplishments going on, uh, fascinating uh, situation going on in North Korea. And I, Kim Jong-un, he is a murderer. He is absolutely horrible. Uh, you know, it's, it, you, can't, you can't stress how horrible uh, Kim Jong-un is. My heart goes out to the people, though. And so if he has to be the one that gets a little bit of praise because he's the one who reformed North Korea, so be it. As long as we don't have the 25 million folks there uh, in North Korea suffering to the amount that they are suffering today. Because these are people. And you know what? We're one. We're one. (laughs) We are one world. We don't get another one. As Macron said, there's no planet B. No planet B. No planet B. Man, when he said that, that sounds like something like a a seventh grade science teacher would say. It also makes me think there's a planet B. (laughs) I'm not going to, as soon as the leader's like, there's no planet B for you. Oh. There is for me. Oh, the French know. Absolutely. There's a planet B for the French. Oh, of course. Not for the rest of us. Yes. Of Macron, by the way, not doing very well in his own country. He's only about a forty percent approval rating. Really? So, um, so yeah, it's funny. We think about all these leaders. We oftentimes uh, Western media praises a lot of these foreign leaders uh, because they're not Donald Trump. But yeah. then we forget to to realize in their own country uh, they're seen just as they're almost just as disliked mm-hmm. uh, as Donald Trump. Of course, Macron, uh, the moderate, the centrist in that election uh, that happened there. His wife, a little bit older than him, interestingly mm. enough. Um, not that that matters, but she she's the one with the huge, huge political ties. I mean, mm-hmm. she comes from like basic, basically French royalty. Yeah. And uh, so she was able to sort of help propel him into the White House. All strong men have a stronger women behind them. So. It's crazy how this stuff works. I saw a picture yesterday of uh, Pat. Uh, yeah. Uh, Richard Nixon's wife. What are her name? Pat. Yeah, I think it was Pat. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a picture of her holding Justin Trudeau as a baby. Really? Yeah. Mm. Justin Trudeau, <laughs> a man of the people. Was it Pat Nixon? Was it Pat? He used to call her something funny. What was the nickname? Buddy. Yeah, he used to call her Buddy. Man, the good old days of Richard Nixon, a president that actually resigned uh, because he didn't want to tarnish the office. Uh, my goodness. Well, we're certainly not uh, in those days any longer. Yes, Pat Net, Thelma Catherine Pat Nixon. Oh, look mm. at that. Thelma? Thelma? Thelma Nixon. Oh, I like Thelma Nixon. Different times, to say the least. All right. Well, what else do we have here, Marcus? I think I'm good. I feel like, did we cover most? I mean, there's always a bunch of stuff. Always. Uh, there was a recent poll out that says more than half of U.S. voters say that Trump is making the world less safe. It's 55% say that Trump is making the world less safe compared to 37% who say he's making it more safe. I don't really know uh, if it's more or less safe. It's definitely more in flux. It definitely seems like we're realigning who we consider to be our greatest allies, um, you know, regarding uh, going back to France. Macron is desperately trying to make a hard push to be our best friend, Mm -hmm. to be our best buddy, and kind of get away from... Uh, from the UK in some ways. Um, so that's, you know, there's a lot of realignment. I'm not sure if we're, we're less safe or more safe. I don't think we're ever particularly safe. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, perception is reality. Uh, there's also a lot of other polls out there who, uh, it's about 55% who say they'll vote generic Democrat in 2018 and 2020. So we'll keep on following to see if this, see if this blue wave hits land, all the evidence is, is showing that it most likely will. Uh, if you go back even to like 2010 when the Tea Party wave happened under Obama, uh, usually after two years of a presidency, one party rule, just instinctively, this probably helped Donald Trump immensely in 2016, just instinctively as a people, we like to see a shift. Regardless of the fact that they're same, they're all owned by basically the same corporations, but there are some differences, and uh, and those differences do matter and affect a lot of lives. Gigantic differences. So, uh, so that is important. So we'll see. Uh, we'll just keep on following that. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. Anything? Did we say something else up top that we were going to talk about? I think we're all right. You think we're all right? I think we're all right. Do you know we're all right? I don't. Hmm. (laughs) You and me both, brother. All right, everyone. Well, that's the news as we see it this week. There's all the James Comey stuff. But you know what, yeah. folks? Uh, James Comey, just listen to the interviews. Uh, now, evidently, the memos that he leaked to his buddy, to the press. Uh, turns out there was a bunch of confidential information in there out of eight memos that were leaked overall. Uh, there were eight 
pieces, perhaps that were confidential later, later labeled confidential, uh, which is the lowest level of confidential, mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of top secret, you know, it's like top secret confidential, but nonetheless, it makes him look horrible. And also Andrew McCabe, his deputy, um, Attorney General, I'm in some real hot water here for basically doing the exact same thing that Michael Flynn did, lying to the FBI. So there is a lot of corruption out there. There are a lot of people, uh, you know, just not telling the truth under oath. And uh, I highly recommend you do it because it'll always be easier in the long run if you do. So we'll keep on following that story. Maybe we'll spend more time on that on the next week's episode because I know there's a lot of a lot of uh, right that's uh, the right wing media really covers it but it is worth covering mm-hmm. uh corruption in the FBI and that's one of the interesting times now the left is sort of letting them skate on a lot of stuff let's not forget the people who brought us COINTELPRO pro and uh, a whole series of other horrific uh, uh non-constitutional uh domestic surveillance programs the CIA and the FBI so let's not let them off the hook just because we don't like Donald Trump uh, for the most part, on anything, um, some every now and again something squeaks through. Eh. Um, I, uh, Melania had a nice hat. Melania had a great hat. Maybe also he helped net, her pick that out. Also, net neutrality is officially over. So yes. enjoy that. Well, it's yeah. The be uh, yeah. We can. We should do. Actually, we should talk about that more in the next one. No, um, we're all, we're just all fucked. I mean, hey, all right. <laughs> well, you know, well, that's the there's thing. Not like a whole, there's not a whole lot to talk about. There's now. a lot of people who say, well, now it opens up the market, but uh, in what reality, again, market? when does that ever work? Well, it's just going to be. It's just going to be huge. Verizon, Comcast, these companies are just going to run roughshod all over any startups and all over any other. It's going to. Halt innovation. That's the great irony it about is. it. And this is what I try to talk to my libertarians. There's sometimes things are uh, in place that that don't to, to stop uh, corporate over uh, to stop uh, you know corporations from just overtaking uh, innovation and things like that. Well, the internet is a tool, and what this has done is it's turned all of the innovation towards making the tool more efficient instead of actually making what the tool does more yeah. efficient, because that's where the innovation is. The innovation is what the internet can do. I'm, the innovation is not in delivering the internet. I almost believe... That's part of it, no, but I, that's I, not the whole point. Yeah, I mean, this is one of my uh, my more left-leaning ideas, but I, I think the Internet at this point is basically should be seen as a human right because if you don't have it, you are at such a disadvantage. Yeah. You cannot compete. You, you can't get a job. You can't even – you can't be a kindergartner uh, <laughs> without it. You know, if you go home and you have to do homework and your home doesn't – you don't have Wi-Fi, you can't. You mm-hmm. just can't do it. Um and that's just the reality that we're living in now. Internet is becoming as as uh, as as almost as needed as uh, water and food. Obviously, no, nothing will be as needed as those two items. No, but uh, it it will greatly impact the success of a person's life if they have it or if they don't have it. So that's just. That's the way that I see it. And that's a new segment called That's the Way That I See It by Ben Kissel. (laughs) All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We've got a lot more to catch up on. Uh, I'm on Fox News Radio Wednesday, Thursday of this week, and Wednesday, Thursday of next week, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Call in, and then I'll keep on releasing those as uh, fun little – they're not minisodes because they're, like, super long. (laughs) But uh, we'll keep on releasing those here as well. And I got to be in the AVN. Hey, Is that the Adult Film Network or Uh, something? Adult Video Network. Yeah, I uh, – interviewed Nadia White, our friend who ate a bunch of barbecue for our stream yes, last night. Did. Thank you, Nadia. And so it said on the cover, uh, adult screen actress Nadia White interviews with Fox News. And I'm like, I'm sure they love that. They had to have loved that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fox News loves being con- connected with uh, well, ladies of pornography. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on social media. Ben Kissel, Marcus Parks for everything. We'll talk to you soon. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.